0: This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen. So we are continuing um, with our teaching that we've been doing a few months now with God's purpose for the family. And in this subsection that we started when Minister Stenson started teaching, which is daughters, women, wives, and mothers. So my part of this today and for the next few weeks is the qualities of submission. So the thing we want to do is, is for the first couple of minutes here, I want to just go back and go over some things that we talked about throughout the teaching, that have gone on throughout the teaching. So just to refresh your mind, because when we start talking about submission, what we have to do is we have to get our mind totally out of the way this world thinks about submission and start thinking about what what God thinks about submission. So therefore, we have to remember that everything that we've been teaching on all these months is God's purpose. At any time, especially in submission, as I was studying this out, I, I had to pull myself back in. We have to remember this has nothing to do with the world's plan. So, first thing we want to talk about or review is that the purpose of the family is to produce spiritually and emotionally established believers who, in turn, get God's redemptive work done in the earth. So we want to remember that. That's the purpose. That's what God intended for the family. So when we think of that, the first thing I know I think about is a man and a woman, they get married, they have children, and they produce Spiritually and emotionally established believers. They, those children become spiritually and emotionally established believers. But what we have to do is we have to remember not only do we have to produce uh, spiritually and emotionally established believers, but we have to maintain being spiritually and emotion, emotionally established believers. So it's not just a one time deal to be spiritually and emotionally established, it is a continual thing. Because you are always. As a believer, your purpose in life is to do God's will. to get His purpose established. So you're always doing that. So we have to remember that. The reason I say it is during the teaching, I will bring up some things about adult women who may not be married, who may, uh, you know, they may, like with me, you know, my father's passed away. So there's still a responsibility for me in submission. So I want you to keep that in mind. With that said, God's purpose for the family does not conform to this world's standard or its methods. God doesn't change, so His standard doesn't change. So, as we go through this teaching, the reason I'm saying these because these are very important. I want you to hold on to them throughout the teaching. If it ever sounds like I'm not talking about what I'm talking about, just go back to one of these things. God's purpose for the family it doesn't change. His methods don't change. His standards doesn't change. Does not matter what the world is doing. Doesn't matter what you think. Also, every member of the family is important. Every member. Doesn't matter whether you're a part of a, a family with a mother, a father, children, a single parent home, you're a single believer, whatever. Every one is important. Every member of that family is important. God has standards. He has commandments. He has guidelines for every member of the family, no matter what position you're in. So just because you are a child and you're in your parents' house does not mean you don't have responsibilities in this. You have responsibilities. So we have to remember that obeying and following these put you in position to accomplish God's purpose for your life. When you don't obey, when you don't follow these things that God, the standards, His commandments, His guidelines, you cannot be in position to accomplish God's will in your life. So, as a believer, you're responsible for your part. So, you are not responsible, if you are the mother, you're not responsible for the father's part. If you are a child, you're not responsible for the mother's part. If you're a mother, you know, you you do what you're supposed to do. Now, what you are responsible for is if you don't do what you're supposed to do, you're responsible for what that person is missing. So what does that mean? I was thinking of basic things, and you know I like to cook, so everything most likely is going to be around food. So let's say we all have a dinner, and everybody signs up to bring something, even like plates, cups, napkins, forks, and spoons. Let's say everybody brings what they're supposed to bring except the plates and the um, cups. Guess what? Those are little things. You know, you know the people when you have something at work, you don't want to bring them. What do you sign up for? Exactly. I'm just going to run by and get... But guess what? If you forget them, guess what? We're not going to do. We're not going to eat a drink. So you have to understand. It may seem like a small thing, but you're responsible to complete that, that portion of it. And if you don't, somebody's depending on you. Also, let's say you do bring it. Then guess what? The people who dependent on you can go on and do what they're supposed to do. But if it's lacking, it puts pressure on the other pieces that are there. With that said, who God has made you is for purpose sake. Because, like everybody has their own specific role. Everybody's supposed to do a specific part. Who you are, God made you for purpose sake. Don't get caught up in who He didn't make you. So, as a woman, I can't get caught up in not being a man. The reason I say that, because we're going to talk about submission. As, as, as a woman, we're going to talk about submission. And a lot of times when you're talking about submission, especially as a woman, you'll say, but what is a man supposed to do? Well, what if they're not supposed to do their part? Guess what? God didn't make you to do that part. He made you to do your part. That's what he made you to do. So, you have to remember that. So, as, as I said, I want you to remember those things. I'm going to read them again. So, we want to remember that the purpose of the family is to produce spiritually and emotionally established believers who, in turn, get God's redemptive work done in the earth. And remember, not only do we produce them, but we maintain them in that statement. That's what that's talking about. God's purpose for the family does not conform to this world's standards or its methods. God's not changing for the world. Every member of the family is important. God has standards, commandments, and guidelines for every member of the family. No matter what position you are in, obeying and following these uh, uh, commandments, guidelines, and standards puts you in position to accomplish God's purpose for your life. You're responsible for your part. You're also responsible for what your part provides to the other parts of the family. And who God has made you is for purpose sake so we don't want to get outside of that purpose. Go over to we're going to pick up kind of where uh, Minister Martin left off last week. Go over to 1 Peter uh, chapter 3. So remember, we are we're on the um, we're talking about daughters, women, wives and mothers, and my part here is the qualities of submission. So, we're going to read 1 Peter chapter 3. We're going to read verses 1 through 6. Says, likewise, likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they may also, they also may, without the word, be won by the conversation of the wives, while they behold your chaste conversation, coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be that outward adorning of the plaiting of hair, of the wearing of gold, and or of putting on of apparel. But let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner, in the old times the holy women, also who trusted in God, adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, As long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement. So in my part of the teaching, what what I'm focusing on is we just want to understand what submission is. We want to understand what godly submission is and the qualities of submission or what submission looks like as it pertains to a godly woman. So in that, today what we're going to focus on is kind of the basis of, of the teaching is why is submission necessary? What is submission? Then we're going to talk about why am I required to submit? You know, you know, why am I, you know, I, I know sometimes I was like, I was reading this, I was like, well, God, why is the woman required to submit? But we're going to talk about all those things. And then we're going to really get into basically the meat of it is why do, what does submission look like or what are the qualities of submission? So we want to understand what submission is and the qualities of submission Or what submission looks like as it pertains to a godly woman. And in that, we're going to look at why is submission necessary? And uh, why do I have to submit? And what does submission look like? So why is submission necessary? Submission is necessary because God is the ultimate authority. So God is the ultimate authority. As believers, we, we believe that. So people who don't believe, they don't believe God is the ultimate authority. So as believers... God is the ultimate authority. We believe that, so we order our lives like that. He is our ultimate authority. So that kind of answers that second question we'll talk about. That's why I'm required to submit, because God's the ultimate authority. So in the family, God is the ultimate authority over everything. So when we start drilling down, we say, as a believer, God is my ultimate authority. In the family, God is the ultimate authority. So guess what? Nobody in the family is doing their own thing. Everybody in the family is submitted to God because he's the ultimate authority. So that's how it's lined up. That's how it's, it's set up. So at any time, nobody is going out and looking, for, looking to do their own thing. They're always submitted to God because he's the ultimate authority. So when you think about it that way, it just answers all the questions. God's the ultimate authority. So what he says goes. Let's go over to um, Ephesians chapter 5. Since God is the ultimate authority, what, like I said, what he says go, goes and everyone has a specific plan. Everybody, everybody has a specific spot. Everybody has something they're supposed to do in the family. Earlier I was saying everybody has that responsibility. There's something everybody's bringing to the table. So it wasn't, it's not like God says, okay, mother and father, I'm giving you all these things to do. And children, you just sit and be hard-headed, be disrespectful, be whatever you want to be. No. He said, okay, everybody has something that they're supposed to do here. So in Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to read verses twenty through 22 through 26. Then we're going to jump down to um, chapter 6 and read verses 1 and 2. Because remember, everybody has their specific purpose in the family. <clears throat> Verse 22 says... Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be subject to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. So verse, uh, chapter six, verses one and two. So that was, we had husband and wives, right? So we got that. So now we have our children. So, uh, Ephesians chapter six, verse one and two. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. So you can see that there's responsibility in every member of the family. So God is the ultimate authority, so he sets the order. God set some people to be in delegated authority, and then he had set some people in positions of submission to get the work done. It's not that it's like God's just oh, throwing things out there. We'll see how it all works out. No, God has an orderly arrangement so that his purpose can be accomplished. The thing about it is when we decide we want to get out of that arrangement, that is when there's rebellion. You think, think, about, think about Satan. He decided he was going to try to take something that was not his. So when we try to take a position that's not ours, that's called rebellion. Rebellion brings destruction. It's not good. Rebellion is not good. So that's why it's very important that we understand where we're supposed to be and we stay where we're supposed to be. So God, the ultimate authority, has the final say who has the leadership, who has the authority. So you can't come in, you know, this is, you, as I'm sure, let's be maybe, maybe 50, yeah, what, yeah, yeah, maybe, no. Man. I'm trying to subtract, it it's early in the morning, it's hard to subtract in the morning. We'll just say go 100 years ago. 100 years ago, some of these things would not be so foreign to some of us. Because, you know, some people here, they grew up in a time when women... Women couldn't even get, like, a car loan in their name. Now, you say that to some people, and they're like, what? Some of us grew up in a time where women always took their husband's last name. Now it's a choice. So when you teach these kind of things, you are teaching to a a very diverse audience, even though, you know, we're, we're all believers. But we've all grown up in different time periods. And what has happened in society... What has happened in society over just the last hundred years. If you look at the last hundred years, there has been a big shift in a a woman's role, in a woman's position. It is is huge. So as as we see these things in the church, it's like a hundred years ago, some of these things would have been just easily digested. Now we almost have to break it down and explain like, wait a minute, this is, okay, here it is. Uh, Let me try to use an example. Um, This is a toilet brush. A toilet brush does not clean the floor. That's kind of what we've done. We've taken things that God created for a specific purpose, and we've put them somewhere else just because we felt like that would be good. Or maybe maybe there was abuse, but just because there's abuse doesn't mean you go on the opposite end. And that's a lot of the things that has has, has gone on as far as women's role and and men's role. It's all been uh, messed around because something happened. Somebody got out of place, and then everybody started deciding we all want to get out of place. But that's not what God does. God, God wants order, and that's why he establishes a line of order, and that's why he establishes submission. So... Submission, because God is the ultimate authority, is required by each person to accomplish God's purpose. So in our time, submission is looked upon in a very negative view. It has very negative connotations. So you say the word submit. People are like, What? You mean turn my paper in? Submit my, my, submit my paper? Like, no, submit to authority. And they're like, I ain't submitting to nobody, I do my own thing. They can't tell me what to do. I'm grown, or I'm gonna be grown, or who are they? You know, I saw them, and that's it, that's how it is. Or you know, you go to work. I know more than they do. What they telling me about this for? No, that's the connotation. With submission, now it 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 has an associate. It's associated with being taken advantage of. Like if you said somebody uh, is a, sub, a submitted person, or they have an attitude of submission, people think you run all over them. Like you can do whatever. It's also um, devalued, like this person submitted or it uh, submissive. That's the one. That person think oh they must be they must not think highly, either they don't think highly of themselves or people don't think highly of them because they're submissive. Or they're considered inferior. You know, like when you think of especially in this country, you think of slavery and you think of oh uh submit to the masses and you think oh because they thought we were inferior. So all those things come packaged up with the word submission but what we have to realize are those are the things that man has put on submission that's what man has said submission is that's not what God has said submission is so what we have to do as believers is we have to throw away you know usually you you can't even fix this throw away what man has said submission is and understand what God says submission is so let's go back over to um, 1st Peter chapter 3 and we're going to take a look and we're going to kind of break up this word submission. But in this, in, in 1 Peter chapter 3, the first verse there there says, Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may, without the word, be won by the conversation of the wives. So that word subjection there also means submission or submissive. So. When we say the word subjection in this teaching, I also think submission or submissive. What does that mean? It means to arrange oneself under authority, to submit yourself. So in that, you'll notice it says, be in subjection to your own husbands. So the wife is in subjection to her own husband. That means they arrange themselves under, arrange oneself under authority to submit yourself. So, originally, submission was used as a military term that related to obedience based on the chain of command. So, when you think of the military, there's someone at the top, they give orders, and those orders go down a chain of command. The orders usually don't change, and the whole point of of the military or this mission is to accomplish a goal. It is not, you know, like when you think about it... uh, I was trying to think of stuff. You know, sometimes somebody, we may have like a a hostage situation, and you'll send the military in. Guess what? There was a chain of command. The people who went in just didn't decide, hey, let's go get one of those Black Hawk, Hawk helicopters and go over there and get those people. There was somebody who was in authority who made the decision. They drew up a plan, and they took that, and it went down the chain of command until it got to those people who actually did it. And there was a, even though there may have been three or four people who went in and got those people, there were probably hundreds pulling together to get that work done. But everybody in that group had to submit. The person in the Black Hawk helicopter didn't say, hey, you know, we're going to fly over while let's just drop in and get a little cone of coffee. No. They did exactly what they were supposed to do, and then they came out. Because, you know, in the military, you know, you think about it, in the military, there's success and there's failure. That's, those are the two. I was watching this thing about uh, World War II a few weeks ago, and they were saying Hitler had gone into uh, Russia, Soviet Union. And the people were te- his, his generals were telling him, it's really cold, we're dying, we're dying. He said, don't leave. Guess what they didn't do? They didn't leave because they were following the chain of command. So that, that, that's it. Submission is set up to accomplish the goal. Now, in addition, here's another definition of Submit. It means to obey, to bring under control, to place, to rank under. So it means to obey, bring under control, to place, to rank under. Submission also means yielded to God's delegated authority, not self-willed. So it's yielded to God's delegated authority, not self-willed. You're after God's will. So when it comes to the family, the woman, notice that I said woman, not just a female, but a woman. Remember there's a progression here. We got daughters, women, wives, mothers. So you have a woman who becomes a wife. And when she becomes a wife, she brings her will, her plans, and her attitudes under the control of her husband in order to accomplish God's will she and her husband have a shared goal and she submits so the goal can be accomplished so as a woman you want to get married guess what if you don't already know how to submit you're not not ready for marriage because when you take those vows you submit to the man that you're marrying because you have a, a common goal And what's that? To produce spiritual and emotionally established believers who in turn get God's redemptive work done in the earth. If you're not submitted, you're not all going... You may be trying to go the same direction, but guess what? You got your thing that you haven't given up, and you're saying, hey, let's go this way, let's go that way. And he's saying, no, we got to go this way. So guess what? It's confusion, so nothing gets done. So, as a woman, you become a wife, you bring your will... Your plans and your attitudes. Minister Martin mentioned it last week. Your attitudes have to be in subjection. Your eyes have to submit. Your neck has to submit. Your thoughts have to submit. All of it. The way you walk out. The way you grab your purse. Submit. All of that has to be in submission. So that the will of God can be done. So. We have to say that submission has nothing to do with worth or importance. The example I gave you earlier about the, the uh, military mission. Everybody in there played a part. There was somebody who flew the helicopter. There was somebody who probably printed out emails and ran them in. Somebody who probably picked up the trash. But guess what? You can't work if it's trash all over the floor. Or there's somebody who, uh, I think Minister Simpson mentioned this once. The people who clean the restrooms. All those things. All those things play a part doesn't make you lesser or greater because you flew the plane or you are the mechanic on the plane than somebody who just happened to send the, the right emails. All those things play a part, and we need them to get things done. So submission has nothing to do with worth or importance. It has to do with accomplishing the mission. In true submission, the power is exerted by the person submitted, not the person being submitted to. So what am I saying here? The person being submitted to, so we'll we'll use the family here. The husband is being submitted to because he's the delegated authority. But the uh, husband does not make his wife submit. So in this instance, what I'm talking about here in submission, the husband is not exerting any energy, any, any power to submit his wife. The wife is exerting the energy. What she is saying is, okay, I make the conscious decision to take who I am and place it under submission to my husband. So you can see there, and, and if you notice, it means to play in the uh, definition. I said to arrange oneself. You submit yourself. If somebody makes you submit, that's not submission. That's domination. That that that's what that is. Submission is a choice. You have to choose to submit. You have to take your will, your energy, your, your might, if you want to say it that way, and choose to submit, to place yourself under, to submit, to let go of your own self, to not be self-willed. So, earlier we talked about all the different things that the world calls submission, and you could probably pull up a, a lot more in your mind. So in order to submit, godly submission... We have to renew our mind. You've got to renew your mind, and you have to constantly renew your mind. Because there are always things that are going to come up that are going to show you something different than what God says submission is. So you've got to guard your heart. We've heard about this against the world standard and what other people who have not renewed their minds do and say. So this is a big one when it comes to women. Just everybody. So you get married. You hear the word. You're submitting to your husband. You go to a family reunion. And somebody said, you let your husband make that decision for you? Or you did this? Or, you know, uh, even, we want not even say, family, you, you got to get your hair done. And the hairdresser says, oh, you should really do this to your hair, do that. And the, and you say, no, I don't like that. My husband doesn't like that. <laughs> that's your head. Exactly. That's, that's, but those are all things. Guess what? And you may say, oh, just do what I told you to do. I'm paying you. It's kind of, you know. But guess what? That's another thing that comes in and just kind of chips away at what godly submission is. And the reason is because it's great pressure. Internally, there are things in your mind that you want to have, you have to fight off because you'll say, well, I'm just as good. I have just as many great ideas. I can get this done better. All those things you've got to fight against. Then you've got to guard against the external things what the world is bombarding you with, what family bombarding you with. You've got to push all those things so that you can submit. The reason is, because understand, you know, if you've got a whole bunch of people, it's in the Bible, the Tower of Babel. If you ever bring up people all together in one accord, nothing you can't accomplish. But if you've got everybody running around in their own ways and you thinking, well, I'm doing it, but I, I ain't going to really give it my all. I'm gonna, I know he said do it this way. He said to put, you know, this much money in the bank, but I'm just going to hold about 5 back, you know. I'm going to hold about $25 back cuz I need that. That's not what God said. You know, we all have to be working in the same vein. We all have to be pushing the same way. And as the wife, we submit to the husband. Understand that submission is not a sign of weakness. I just just talked about the definition. Even in the Bible it says the wife submits herself Here's the thing: If you can make me do something, that's not called submission. You, if you can make me do it, you know you're bigger than me, and you want me to do something. You know, I, I'm the youngest uh, growing up. My, my older sisters and my brother they could make me do stuff because I was smaller than them, and I do it because you know they could pick me up and throw me around. But now that can't happen. So guess what? Anything that happens, there has to be submission. It's an act of obedience. It's not an act of weakness. Submission is not a sign of weakness. But it's an act of obedience. And it's that obedience is to God. So, that leads me to the second point here. Why am I required to submit? We're required to submit because it is obedience to God. And we've given up that old man, that old self-willed man, doing our own thing, doing what we want to do. And now our goal as believers is to be like Christ. Not only in our actions, but in our heart, in our thoughts, in our deeds. If our thoughts and our heart are like Christ, guess what? Our our deeds will be like Christ. Jesus is our example of submission to authority. So, uh, a few weeks back, Minister Hill mentioned on Jesus Christ, the example, the pattern for every man. He's the pattern for every man, man and one man. So, we can go over to, let's go over to Philippians chapter 2. And, you know... Every time I read, we're going to read verses, uh, chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. Read this. You know, if you're having a problem with submission, just read this about three or four times a day. And this is what you can put up there, that Jesus uh, is God. And then read this and you'll say, okay, I don't don't really, my issues mean nothing. I can get over this. So, Philippians chapter 2, we're going to read verses 5 through 8. So let this mind be in you. So this mind that's about to be described, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So Christ is our example. So here's the mind that we should have because it's the mind that Christ had. Who being who being in the form of God. So we can say he is God because he is God. So that's what it is. Thought it not robbery to be equal to God. So we just said he's God because he is God. So that's what that means, thought it not robbery to be equal to God. So he's God. Verse 7, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. So here it is, God, the creator, becomes a servant in the likeness of the creation. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So, if God, Christ, can do this, can submit himself, and you know, when you think about it, think about, okay, God, omnipotent, omnipresent, all-powerful. So, so think of all the, oh, yes. So, put that in flesh. He was still God. He was just in the flesh. But you know what? He never acted as God. So, he submitted to being a human. Isn't that amazing? So us as being humans, why is submission a problem for us? When somebody's all-powerful, you know, you think about it. You know, I, he, he he got tired. He got sleepy. He got hungry. but he submitted to that. He could have said, I don't want to have those feelings. Boom. He's God. So if he can submit to that, then why can't we submit? So when he came to the earth, he submitted his character was in submission. There was a purpose. Everything was done in a specific time in Jesus' life here on the earth. He didn't get out of that purpose. He didn't say, well, Father, I think we should do it this way. Well, can't I just tell him Judas don't betray me? None of that. None of that. He did exactly. When he, when he was on trial, it was things he could have said. He said, I could call a legion of angels. He didn't. Because he submitted himself for purpose sake. So it wasn't that he didn't have the power. He submitted himself. Also, we're not going to go here, but in Luke 2 and 51, Jesus submitted himself to his parents. He, okay, you know, I was thinking about this. So he obeyed his parents. And, you know, sometimes, you know, maybe he was somewhere, you know, when, when you look in Luke 2 uh, and 51, that's when they're coming back and, and he gets lost. in Well, he doesn't get lost. They lose him in J- Jerusalem. And, you know, during that time as they're traveling, Mary, they thought he was with somebody else. So just think, you know, you leave your child with somebody and say, um, I'm going to leave this baby with you watching. And they'll say, don't touch this, don't touch that. So he was obedient to other people, other adults. You know, when you think about that, here he is, the Savior, being subject to those he saved. Those he came to redeem. He submitted. So when you think about that, like I said, if you're having problems with submission, read this. About three times a day and you'll start to realize, I shouldn't have a problem with submission. Because I'm the creature, not the creator. So as women, our submission should be seen in our character just like it was in Jesus' character. We don't have have any excuse. Our character has to be what God says it is. We're submitted to Him. We're not submitted to whatever else. We're submitted to Him. So we can't go about comparing ourselves to anyone else or questioning God's order. So we can't sit around saying, well, God, I don't necessarily feel like, you know, I'm the same age as so-and-so, and she's not married. Why, why do I have to submit and she has to submit? Well, you're married. you got a husband. Submit to your husband. That's not. You're not comparing yourself. You're not comparing yourself to a man. You're not comparing yourself to anybody else. God made you who you are. And if, you're, if it's your role to submit, then submit. Go over to um, Col- uh, Colossians chapter 3. So Colossians chapter 3, we're going to look at verse 18. It says, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it's fit in the Lord. So it's fit in the Lord to submit. That makes you qualified. That means you're qualified in the Lord when you submit to your husband. We submit because of our relationship to Christ. The wife submits her own husband because of her relationship to Christ, and her submission is an act of obedience to God. I understand that. One thing, well, there's a lot of things you should remember out today. But remember that your submission is an act of obedience to God. Submission is a choice. I can choose to submit when I understand and accept that something is more important or has more worth than what I want. So what does that mean? You can act like you're submitting. Like somebody can tell you something and you can do it. But in your mind you can be like, I don't this is the stupidest thing I've ever done, but you do it. But true submission, godly submission, means that you choose to do it because there's something more important or of more value than what you want to do. That you know it's called dying the self. So you submit because you see that the purpose of God is bigger than what you want to do or what you think is right. So that's what submission is. We don't mindlessly submit. When you mindlessly submit, what's going to happen is there's going to come a time when submission is not convenient or it's not something you want to do and you won't submit. And you'll wonder like, well, all these other times I've been doing it. No, you haven't. One of the things I was thinking about, a lot of people will submit mindlessly because they don't want to take responsibility for what comes afterwards. You know, I just did what so-and-so told me to do. I don't know why it broke. No, you just decided, I want to be a little lazy. I don't want to think about it. I'll just do it. But that's not what true submission is. Submission is seeing purpose and saying, I'm willing to arrange myself under or rank under because I want the purpose of God to be established. A wife submits to her own husband because she understands and she's accepted that God's purpose for the husband and the wife relationship and his purpose for their family is more more important than what she wants to do. I I always say understand and accept because you can understand something, but that doesn't mean you have to accept it. Every year, I understand that there are better football teams than Texas Longhorns, but I don't accept it. So that's the same thing with God's plan. You may understand, but you don't necessarily have to accept it. If you don't accept it, accept it. that's that submission. That's that's mindless submission, we'll call that. So, the wife submits to herself to her own husband. This type of submission where, where you've accepted it, you put it in your heart, you're going after God's purpose, this should be done before you become a wife. If you're already a wife, you should be in this. If you're not, that's okay. Get in it. A mother should already be in this, because remember, the progression is daughters, women, wives, and mothers. A mother should already be in this and teaching this to her children. Now notice I didn't just say daughters. Not only, if you've got daughters, definitely they should see what a submitted woman looks like. But your son should also see what a submitted woman looks like. Because in some cases they're gonna have to submit, and when they become, when it's time for them to choose a wife, they need to know what submission looks like. A woman that's not married so you're a woman you're not married you may not want to get married and you may want to get married you have to learn how to submit submission should be seen in your lives in the areas where they need to be submission you got a job you should be submitting to the authority at work you should be submitting to the authority in this ministry you should be submitting to the authority on the highway all of those those are things that should be happening in your life as a daughter you may, you may be a teenage daughter, early early 20s, a young daughter. You have to obey your parents. That's submission. Remember, everybody has a responsibility. It's just not, you know, oh, wives and mothers, you do with this, and then us unmarried people and daughters, we'll just hang out and be rebellious. No. No. So this is why there's a progression. The daughter, the woman, the wife, the mother. Each of, each of these stages, there's learning and development. As a daughter, you learn obedience. With your parents, in that as you learn obedience and you become successful in obedience, it progresses you, it prepares you for the next stage, which is a woman. So now there are different responsibilities as a woman, and there are other things you're going to have to do. So, like I said, as a child you submit to your parents. When you become a woman, guess what? You still got more submission to do, but it's a different. It's like I don't want to say levels, but it's it's a difference. You're still submitting, but you got different areas of your life you're submitting in guess what so as as a woman there's a progression you learn some things as a woman you mature you grow and that puts you in a place to be a wife as a wife you've learned how to submit you submit to your husband you learn you grow it puts you in a place to be a mother that, there's learning there's progression to be prepared and successful in each stage of your life so it's important that we get over our preconceived ideas of submission and I'm probably not going to finish all of this this morning but, I can't, we, I can't keep saying this enough because it's been ingrained, it's like this, society wants to ingrain this into you about submission. Because the enemy wants the chaos. Understand, the one being submitted to is not smarter, more important, or more valuable. The one submitting is not less intelligent or mindless. Remember I talked about you can't mindlessly submit. You actually think about your submission. There's, some, there's an agreement. You submit yourself. So the one submitting is not unintelligent or mindless or less important or have less value. Each person has value in something of importance to contribute. Women are inferior to men. And guess what? Men are inferior to women. Like I said earlier, it's been such a shift and the way women uh, are viewed in society. Now, that's the way some people think. I don't need a man. Men can't do anything. You want to get it done right, give it to a woman. Men don't understand. But that's saying that men are inferior to women. It's not. We're different. And we're different for purpose sake. So here's the thing. When you allow yourselves to think in terms of inferiority or superiority, guess what? You get into trouble. That's when comparison comes in. And guess what? You can't compare two things that are different. You know, that's why I say it's like comparing apples and oranges because they're different things. They both may be fruit, but they're different. So the comparison is never going to equal out. When we compare things that are different, that's when confusion sets in. So when you think about the way society is going now, you can choose to be this. You can choose to be that. I don't feel like I'm a woman. I don't feel like I'm a man. That's because comparison has set in. A man feels this way, a woman feels this way, a man does this, and a woman does this. And somehow in our minds we've gotten into the point where this is better than this, so I want to be the better one. Or what I am right now doesn't feel so good, so I want to be the thing that makes me feel good. Because we're trying to compare things that shouldn't be compared. Men and women are different for purpose sake. And with purpose there comes submission. We're all called to submit. When we live outside of God's authority, that's when the problems come in. That's when the issues come in. You think about it, when we decide we want to do our own thing, that's when it all gets messed up. Go over to First Peter chapter three, back where we kinda been in there a lot today. And we're gonna we're gonna kinda end with this, but I do wanna I do wanna kinda at least start it and flow into it next week. So, 1 Peter chapter 3, we're going to read verse 5. For after this manner, in the old time, the holy women also, who trusted in God, adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands. So, the word adorn means to dress, to decorate, to put in order. It's the opposite of chaos. So, to adorn means to dress, to decorate, to put in order. It's the opposite of chaos. So, these holy women, and we're going to talk about this, uh, uh we're going to really get into this next week. These holy women, they trusted in, in God, and they adorned themselves by subjecting themselves to their own husband. If you look about uh, above that, it says, be uh even the ornament, in the verse 4, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which in the sight of God is uh, of great price. So as women, we have to adorn ourselves with submission. We have to adorn ourselves with what God has said that we should adorn ourselves with. We shouldn't go out looking for what the world says we should adorn ourselves with. We need that meek and quiet spirit because that's what's of great value to God. So as women of God, not just those who have children, not just mothers, we have to teach our children the standard of submission. And that's what we adorn ourselves in. We're not going to let the world creep into who we are, who God has created us to be. We're going to put on what God has told us to put on. And that's that submission. That's that meek and quiet spirit. So that we can show that we're submitted to God, so that His purpose can be established in our families. Amen? Now I am out of time. God is faithful. You all can stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.